possible. Now the Eagles to come back again. To fall forward. Oh, Barney! Darling tapping. Darling again. Gives it to Ryan. And then Ryan's little kick is a good one to Kennedy. Yes! 50. McGovern. McGovern. What a player. What a mark, Bruce. What a mark. And he goes to Your hosts are Wazza, Dan and Wayne. Oh, well, we're back. We're the podcast for the fans, for the fans of the West Coast Eagles, and it's uh, round one complete, boys. Um, what did you think of round one, hey? I think it was a really, uh, in, as always, the sewing new comes up all, all year. Um, Sydney's a bit, I think Sydney could be a real worry for themselves. Uh, Western Bulldogs really... Uh, showed my boy that I wanted two years ago Aaron three years ago Aaron Norton has really come along um, of course we were disappointing but um, only round one but as I've always said I, I'm a big believer in that first 10 rounds to get wins and we just need to improve from that effort but uh, it's an interesting season ahead what do you reckon Dan well let's talk about the elephant in the room eh boys I got a distinct feeling I jinxed us so bad. <laughs> Two weeks ago, if you listened to the podcast, I made a bit of a song and dance about how good our injury list is going into round one. I was so happy about it. Then all of a sudden, Cripps is a little bit further back than we thought. We assumed he would miss round one, but push for round two, you know. We thought Kennedy would be okay because he, did, he didn't play in the GLT, but he did his um, intra-club match kind of thing. So we thought he would be there round one. And surprising everyone, Rioli apparently hurt his foot on Wednesday training. Um, we all knew about gas suspension and knick-knack. But then obviously, all of a sudden, it was five of the best 22 out after I, as I said, made the song and dance about how fit we were going into round one. I think Rioli's injury is a little bit more than what they're saying, as, as always, because they did find a hot spot. And yeah, well, they're we'll, saying it's not stress fractures. But we'll, we'll talk a loss. bit more about that in the uh, injury report. That's a new segment we've got coming up, so look out for that, guys. A bit more involved in just telling you what's going on. Um, did you realise that was the lowest scores on overall for a first round since 1965? Mm. And it's supposed to be this new 666 high scores and all that. And it was that's an amazing stat, isn't it? It shows it doesn't really have that large of an impact. Because it's a skill error because no, you're watching I mean, the skills. Once, once the balls bounce, that rule goes out the window kind of thing. So if you don't get a goal from a quick clearance after a goal in the setting bounce, then effectively it's the exact same game style. Um, the only thing I'm thankful about the whole round was I thought, I'm not going to sugarcoat Eagles were quite deplorable. You know, I wasn't happy with the effort after quarter time. But thank God Essendon and North Melbourne played after us and made me feel a little bit better because Eagles weren't the only one that lowered their colours, so to speak. Yeah, thank God. So, the Brown was a shocker for Tipsers. How many did you get right? I got three. Four? <laughs> yeah, I got four. But it was Sunday that saved me because I had one until Sunday. Hmm. And I think a lot of people were like that. It's just shocking to see... Well, it's not shocking. It's good for football. I'm on the Channel 7, um, the, the... The game? The game. And there were five people who got no, uh, nine. 
But <laughs> well, those people don't know anything about football. It's funny. I was about to say the exact same thing. I have little faith <laughs> yeah. in anyone that got nine last round. There, there was one emblem, one guy's emblem, that was a Brisbane Lions emblem. So good luck <laughs> <Yeah>. to you. <laughs> what I want to talk about, and I know it's been covered quite a lot on a lot of shows, is the first game of the year. Again, it was Richmond versus Carlton, a team that's been in the finals for a few years against a team that's been wooden spooners for the last five years. When is this going to change? Is it is it just the VFL putting their agenda across? Shouldn't it be the teams that win the grand final or in the grand final? I think you'd like, we'd really like, I think after seeing on the weekend, I'd like to see something like that, the top four teams maybe play off. Because I, I, I felt now, because with all the new rules too, with pre-seasons and everything, with clubs, they've got to have so much break. I found the four top four clubs from last year were short of fitness. Yep. So, uh, and I thought the JLT means nothing now to me anymore because I just thought, because I thought we looked pretty fit in JLT, but we didn't look uh, fit after quarter time. No disrespect to Brisbane, they played well. I don't think Richmond looked as strong against Carlton. I don't think Collingwood were strong, and I also don't think Melbourne were very strong. And I, they, they all started training four weeks after everyone. Yep. Eagles only had two-week training before Christmas, then they had to have another two-week break. So the players that had to expect uh, to be a certain fitness. So I, I think there's more merit now in... Forget about the VFL, but let the top four teams play each other. Look, whether they're on a Friday night or not, or the Thursday night, but let them play each other in the first game because they're all going to be at the same amount of yep. training. Gives them... Uh, be a better tra- spectacle. Probably. Yeah, and... But, yeah, I think the, the AFL is still rewarding mediocrity in Carlton and, um, I mean, Richmond obviously deserve to be... Yeah, well, Richmond. Yeah. I'm not knocking Richmond, but... but mm. This has been going on for way too long. When Carlton were never up, but when they were had Judd and things were starting to brighter for them and they were around the cusp of the eight, Richmond were down the bottom of that stage. This century, this has never been a marquee game. This has never been an impressive game. They're trying to create a rivalry that's it, never there. It, yeah. it doesn't need to be the grand final replay, but you know who's going to be contenders at you. You have a rough idea. You can put a marquee game there. It doesn't have to be the same teams every year. Yeah. It should be a floating thing. Two powerhouse teams that did well. Like I like your top four idea because their pre-season is yeah. quite similar. Um, but a Richmond-Collingwood game, that prelim was great. Why not have that? Yep. You know what I mean? Why not have, as you mentioned, a grand final replay? There's so many ways you could do this to continually play Carlton and Richmond is just a joke. And it's a slap in the face. You, you brought up the Vic bias kind of thing, or the VFL, sorry, I think you, the term you use. And it, it is that. No interstate team ca- really cares about bloody Carlton versus Richmond. They never have all century. There's people born today, the youth, the people now finishing high school, that are like get on and getting jobs and really getting into their footy as they've left high school, has never seen Carlton content. You know, have seen Richmond have one, two good years in their yeah. in their lifetime, but yet they open every single round. To me, that's a joke. Yeah, it's a joke. I, I, think, I, I go back right. I'm going right back to when the Eagles played Sydney in those two epic grand finals those year, and I remember the AFL saying, "We reward the teams that finish in the top eight and especially the top four to get the Friday night games, and also get um, the primetime games." Yeah. Now. Again, we we've never got we never Sydney and Eagles never got that in those two years that they were on top. 
And again, this year, I mean, Collingwood always get the prime time games, whether they're at the top or on the bottom, and so do Richmond. But again, it comes down to I, the top eight teams aren't getting the prime time games this year. There's no, nah. you know, obviously Essendon will get them, and they, they won't top eight, but Richmond will, um, Collingwood will, um, but, and Melbourne will. But we common, won't. common Fred, Victorian teams. Exactly. That's enough said. Mm. Um, a lot to get on to about tonight. Uh, the racist comments that's sparked that's ugly head again. Mm. It's got to be stopped. Th- these trolls are just nothing but gutless pricks. Yeah. I take my hat off to Richmond and the AFL. They've, they've cancelled that guy's membership and, and out. But maybe two years, they maybe should have got a little bit more than that. But at least they've done something. But that's not going to stop him trolling no. on, on the internet. No. I find there's two sides to this as well. Um, it's absolutely appalling. But you get the view, don't share it, don't mention it, ignore it, mm. because they want to be get exposed. That's it. But then on the other side, we're not doing that. And what's happened from that? This guy got found out who he is, found out he was a Richmond supporter, mm. Richmond found out who he is, so then he's being punished. He read public apology, you know, he got called out on it. So I don't think we just ignore it, put the, you know, give... Because, yes, they do it for attention, and it's disgusting, despicable right. act. But if you only catch one out, one in ten, to me that's better than nothing. Yes. And... They did a few little promos on it in the last two days. In the first few comments I see, is another racist remark. Mm. And I, I just don't understand people. Uh, they're sitting in their basements. I don't know what they're doing, but you know, get a life. Yeah, um, I think also too, the governments have to step in. Uh, the federal and state governments have to step in with the Facebooks and the Instagrams, whoever, and say, "Come on, let's we need let's find us." These guys are. Uh, these guys are absolute brains. These Facebook people and these Instagram, their their minds are way above. Well, they can pick up on keywords, put yes. them in there. They do it on other things. They ban people. Say, so, as soon as that keyword comes up, have a look at ban them. They should but better pick that out. When when does the line drawn? When does this become hate speech? Because to me, the terms they're using and constantly targeting certain races, to me, that's hate speech. Everyone's got an IP address, so to say, or oh, to troll account, he's using a fake name. These aren't Einsteins. These aren't computer geniuses doing this. No. They've just made a fake Facebook account. They have IP addresses. You can find who they are. Exactly. So, you know, you can expose them. And the exact same thing, if it's in a footy scenario, ban them from the footy. Hmm. Name and shame. Yep, I agree. Um, you guys don't really like talking about the women's football, but I'm going to bring it up again. AFLW, the ladder fiasco. That is a joke. And it shows to the AFL if they've got any ideas of going a conference style in the men's competition, they can't. Yeah, don't they? Well, I think, I, I, I'm convinced they went into the women's conference is because they only want to they don't want to play any more than six or seven games because the the, the AFL women's competition and I'll, I'll be on my high horse here and I'll probably upset a few people, but it must be running at a massive loss. It, it has, it to, has be. to be. It's a, they're not. They're not paying the gate entries, not paying this. I mean, we've been through all this before, but I think they have that. They have the conference because, and of course, the Eagles are coming in next year, and I think uh, Richmond or someone else is coming. There's in. four teams coming in next year. So they're going to have that again, and again, yeah. they're going to have the conference because they cannot afford to have any more than six to seven games, and the conference is there. So right, it's going to be top two from there, top two from there. You're going to play each other in the finals. If you don't get in that top two, bad luck. That's yeah. how it's going to work. What do you think of the AFL runner confusion? You think the coaches would have got it right, don't you? Well, 
That they knew two weeks ago. They just needed to toughen up on runs. They said, give the message, get off. They've just gone this massive hard stance, brought this rule now. Like, I don't think it... I don't like the new rule. I reckon if a player needs to come off, that he should be able to run in, tell that player, run back out. Yep. And just say you're only allowed in half of the ground where they're not. You know what I mean? Um, they did this because you saw famously Maxwell a couple years ago guarding space. You saw yep. Stevenson running to his own runner in the grand final. You saw things like this. Well, get them out of there. You don't need to go like a black and white scenario, like ban them completely, basically. Because effectively they are. If it's a low-scoring game, the players are... It's the water boys too, eh? So Yeah, the water boys so have been brought in too now, so... Yeah, so... They're going to dive down attraction. They need a drink as well, you yeah. know? Like. Well, maybe they will need to take a leaf out of Brisbane Lions and hire a Luke Hodge who, that's who absolutely it. directs and the whole traffic on that ground. That's where I was going to get to. It's going to become down to the smarter footballers. Mm. Um, your more experienced back lines are going to... Not that it helped us on the weekend because we've got a pretty good back line, but um, you, you just look at Luke Hodge out there. He was directing traffic the whole time. He was cutting off leads. He was cutting the corners. Um, you need players like that, and I don't know, but um, I just thought the umpires were whinging a bit too much. They knew the rule. you got to work your way around it. Mm. And um, I don't know what the way is because I'm not as a coach, but, you know, if you're going to sit there and whinge about it two weeks before the the season starts, there's a problem there. Yeah, they're professional players. They should know what we're doing there. Uh, the mid-season draft's been approved, so that's going to go ahead this time, the first time since 1993. So state league players and players who signed up for the draft but missed out are the ones that are eligible for it. So that's going to be pretty good for, say, some of these players in the state league, you know, like you know, Jai Bolton or somebody like that. They might get picked up mid-season. Look, I think it's a good thing. I, I like it because look, we had three knee three knee recos on on this weekend. There's three players off the list for twelve months. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And isn't that's it? where I see it coming a benefit is that you've got players with long-term injuries who you can get these these guys in, and this is well we're talking about the you know the guys from the Eagles reserves and things like that. Get these guys in, and if they get a chance, and, and why not put them on a Maybe maybe, and just put them on a 12-month contract. I don't know. But I, I like it. You know what? I think I've actually done a flip on the subject. Like, just look at the run sheet now. I'm thinking, how large is the squad? 44 players? 42. 42, 42. sorry. Mm. You should be able to cover losses no matter what. I think it's up to your staff behind the scenes to decide this. I think... I think it comes. I like I like the aspect that you're giving a player an opportunity that didn't have it yeah. to come into an AFL system. So from that point of view, I like it. But I'm thinking, no, you've got a list management issue. It's your job to try and cover all positions for these scenarios. So I almost am doing a black backflip on it. I, I think. But Dan's just gone whack, and I like it. Yeah. Because I actually start to agree with you, because guys like say Frankie Watson, he's on the rookie list. And say somebody goes down that's playing his position, they go get somebody from the wobble. Play Frankie Watson first. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's injuries that... We'll use osteitis pubis as one, but that can actually be debilitating. That can cost you your season. But let's say a player is not in great form, has a slight injury. You go, right, oh, we'll just put him on the long-term injury list instead. And then halfway through the season, bring in someone else. That's in better form for your second side. 
Yeah, oh, well, it's going to be interesting. I don't think too many teams will be using it. Mm. Um, history showed when it was back when in the early 90s, it was only about a quarter of the teams that use it. So we'll see how long it lasts. Um, Dan, on the spreadsheet you can see in front of you, you said something on social media a couple of weeks ago that no one rated us. So do you want to read it out or do you want me to? Uh, yeah, I'll read it out. Um, so this is basically based on the last four years. And it's just funny going through the stats. Um, it will sound very biased, but it is actually the stats, so you can't really argue them. In the last four years, no team has won more games than the Eagles. No team in the top four beat us last year. Uh, we won the grand final with obviously three of our best out, two of which were all Australian players. No team has won more, uh, played in more finals in the last four years. No team has won more finals in the last four years. Uh, we went undefeated in Melbourne last year, which has never been done in the AFL. Um, no team has played in more grand finals in the last five years than the Eagles, but yet we're still not highly rated or haven't been rated for what we've done in the last few seasons yeah well it's amazing that you sit there and every time you see these the reason I want you to bring it up is for us because all the predictions that come out I'm sitting there and every year the grand final or so whoever won the grand final most of them predicted them to be in the grand final the next year yeah, look at Richmond and the Bulldogs. The next week, next year, they were saying, yeah, the Bulldogs are going to be there. I couldn't see one out of about 25 that picked Eagles to be even in the grand final. And I just find that, is it a Melbourne thing? Is it a Juno thing? I don't know. But when I saw what you wrote, it just clicked. That they're all the stats in front of them and they still don't judge you. No. And they still don't rate you. Well, I still stand by it's very hard to go back to back. Um, I was buoyed by our pre-season form, but it is very hard as a West side. But if we were a Victorian side, I feel we would be such highly more rated. Well, rated more highly. Sorry. Well, Richmond um, were rated highly last year to go back to back, weren't they? But they, yeah. they, it was, they were they were yeah. unbackable favourites. And but they're see, still they up could, unbackable favourites again this year. But mm. see, they couldn't travel. Yeah. So it's like we've talked about losing to Brisbane. You know, Premiership hangover. Already round one, I know that's unbelievable, but Richmond couldn't travel because they were so good at the MCG. Did that buoy people and mask the fact that they did actually have issues? They lost to Port, they lost to Adelaide, they lost to Eagles, uh, they lost to GWS. The only away team they beat all year was Suns, and we all know what a basket case they are to be a little bit disrespectful towards the Suns. <laughs> but you know, and to me, if that was a WA side, that alarm bells would be ringing. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Well, before we get on to the, um, talk about the games that just went in round one, uh, our podcast is out in Podcast Central, so if you haven't had a look at that yet, uh, guys, have a go. It's a new page. It's got technology. It's got wellness, pop culture, sports, and music. Um, there's a new Eagles podcast out called Coast to Coast. So that's out. It was going to be Wednesdays, but it's every Monday now. So it's got uh, Daniel Kerr and... Uh, the Media Hall Schofield hosting that with another guy called King so I guess we're going to have to start calling ourselves the unofficial Eagles podcast <laughs> so um, have you been listening to any? No. Actually, any new no, ones? I have actually no. listened to the Coast to Coast one yeah it's, oh, it's not bad yeah. um, one of my favourites is uh, the soundboard I don't know if you guys listen to that it's uh, Hutchie and uh, Barrett 
and they're two guys that most people hate. But when you have listened to their uh, podcast, it's pretty good. Yeah, and they give you a different perspective on things, you know, on how they get their football stories and how they come apart. And he, he doesn't throw any. Oh, he doesn't hold back. He throws a lot of punches. Uh, Hachi says these guys make up half these stories, you know, and it comes back to bite them in the ass. So. It's interesting to have a listen. If you haven't, if you like your podcast, guys, go and have a listen to it. Uh, one of our other friends has just done another one called Raised on Footy, but it's a bit of a, uh, what would you call it, Dan? Have you had a listen to it? No. That's with Younger Jack. You've caught me off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to give them a shout out anyway. All right, guys, we'll get on to our football segments, the final siren. It's the final siren. All right, boys, Brisbane versus West Coast. Brisbane ran over the top of us, 15-12, 102-8 goals, 10-58. McCarthy, Lincoln McCarthy, the extra long boy, kicked four. Cameron, three. Rayner, two. West Coast, well, it was very minimal. Allen got two. Darling got two. And it was Sheed, Yo, Ryan and Venables. Um, that's the first time Brisbane have beaten West Coast since 2012, who had won the last eight games with a... Average margin of 50 points, and the Lion beat us by 44. So they've actually mirrored what we've done. Well, it goes to show no one beats the Lions nine times in a row, was it? <laughs> that was the worst defeat of a Premier in round one since 1981. Mm. Which, that surprised me. That shocked me, actually. Yeah, I thought after quarter time, I thought, geez, we're going to win this game by 10 goals. But um, Yeah, it was how much or how far. Yeah, and yeah, our forward line was looking good. Uh, Ozzy Allen and Jack Darling. and But then we just stopped. I think we lacked. We just we showed no fight at all after quarter time. We got beaten well in the rucks. Our rucks was really... And I'm a big fan of Vardy, oh. but I was really disappointed with our rucks. Um, our rucks got, had no impact. They, they had, won had four the taps. Pos- had four no positions. Impact. I don't think they even run that many taps. I think they were out muscled. They were out played. They out everything. Our midfield. Um, I mean, I saw where um, Yoey got votes, but oh, I thought he was really disappointing. He looked really out of touch to me. Um, Sheed was dominant the whole game. He really picked up where he left off. Even Shuey, he was he wasn't at his probably brilliant best either, but. Yeah, look, hopefully I can only go one way from here and that's up because um, we were... And, and the other thing I was really disappointed was our other young guys who really showed a lot in the pre-season games. And again, you cannot go on JRT form, but Petricelli, he really disappointed me. I thought he was just going... That game was there set for him. That was just set for him to dominate like... You like say Petricelli... Cameron and McCarthy did yeah, for the... You say Petricelli and I put myself through hell and watch the game again. And oh, why would you? Because I, I had to. I, I don't know why. I just had to to see if what I saw was the right thing. And you, you hit the nail on the head. They ran the ball and they went quick. And Petricelli was there to do a job. And apart from two great tackles in the first quarter and a half, did nothing after mm. that. And it was like, where was he? Um, was it reactive coaching? Did he? take too long to I don't know just watching the game the second time we had no intent I've no. been abused all week saying it no, but we just had no ever. intent and it was just it just wasn't good to watch but take nothing away from Brisbane no they played really well only, Charlie Cameron was yeah. electrifying yeah. the only player I think played well 
was sheet. Dolphin sheet, yeah. 38 disposals and a goal. I thought he was brilliant. I couldn't give a vote to any other player there. No. I, honestly, I could not. Um, it was, we didn't pay... Now, the weather was atrocious, and we did not climatise to it. When it got humid and the ball got greasy and we got sweaty, it was like we stopped playing our game style. And this after quarter, we didn't play the chip kicking. We didn't play the, play the marking game. There were so many times where Gov and Barras went for a double-fisted spoil and didn't go for the intercept mark. Um, it didn't look like Our me. midfielders, we touched on Shuey, Yo, uh, Redden, their disposal efficiency was about 50%. They got low 20s, but we turned it over that much. And the amount of times... They call them 12-point plays, where we were in our forward 50 or we're going for goal or we mucked it up and then they rebounded and kicked the goal. And that's where yeah. you, you touched on Charlie Cameron. That's where he dominated. He'd got a few where he, he'd just run in his pace off a rebound, getting it in quick to him, he got goals. It I was don't know what the answer a painful with, game to watch. I don't know what the answer was with Cameron, but when he was damaging, he made Cole look second rate. Yeah. Right? Now... Granted, Cole in the third quarter tightened up on on him, and in the fourth quarter, I think they even made a switch and put Jetta onto him. Yeah, Shep went onto him. For and Shepard was on him a bit as well. But that was probably the worst game I've seen Cole play ever. He just looked like, even when he was nowhere near Cameron, he was going for the ball. He just had no confidence. Um, you, you, you touched on Yo. I thought he did very minimal in the first time I watched it. The second time I watched a game, in the second half. I reckon he stood up a bit. And he probably wasn't, like Dan probably said, his disposal wasn't the best, but he was getting in there. And, um, look, I'm not going to make an excuse, but we went in with six players that went in our grand final last year. Um, And we went in with the youngest forward line the Eagles have ever listed, ever. And it's the youngest in the last year in the AFL. All right. That's not an excuse, but... They are things we got to look at as a positive. All right, to touch on Yo, 44% he went mm. with five foot. They turned it over more times when they touched the ball than they hit up a teammate. Um, but let's not touch that because Shui Red, I felt they all did that. Mm. Um, I think Sheed, again, I'm raving about this kid. We did it at he did a grand final. His was probably one of the best, and his was just above 60, I believe. But because the whole team was down, that made him look better. Um, and with the youth, I love to see these young players get there. But when you got Allen, you got Brander, you got Petrosali, and you got Waterman, they're all forwards. Hmm. So you've got four youthful forwards in that line where you want to. You know what I mean? If you had Cripps, JK, Darling, you know, Rioli, Ryan, then added a Petrol, uh, Petrol, sorry, his name, Petrosali, and an Allen, then suddenly you're blooding these team, but still have the senior players or the ones with at least a year experience under the belt to help protect them and show them and set up kind of what we're saying with Hodge setting up in defence. We needed that forward and I felt we lacked that forward. And we did. And the funny thing is I'm looking at the inside 50s now and we had six less or seven less. So that just showed you that we didn't use a ball gone good into the 50s. That's what I was saying with them rebounding because I noticed that. I noticed it. It was just every time we went forward it cost us a goal it was unbelievable um i'll go over all the stats we lost the disposals 382 to 294 we lost the kicks by 40 uh we lost the handballs by 54 we won the free kicks which astounded me because in the first quarter i think we had one to six 
in the first quarter. They hunted great, us. You know? They hunted us, Brisbane. Um, they did well, that's why. Clearances, we lost by eight. Uh, we Santa clearances only lost by two. Stoppages we got smacked. Uh, inside fifty is only a small minimal difference there. Marks inside fifty were eight each. Now usually when we mark inside fifty, it's certain goal. Hmm. And I think we only got two goals from marks, maybe three. Uh, the tackles was minimal because they were even. Um, hitouts we won. But we me. didn't win to advantage. Hmm. And we, we, we won the hitouts convincingly, but to advantage, the stoppages, we, we just weren't there. And we just got caned all over the ground. And one player that impressed me, and I hate saying it, is Lockie Neal. Hmm. And he, yeah, doesn't kick the, he doesn't kick the ball a lot, but his hands are lethal. Yeah, I thought he was the best man on the ground. He was just he everywhere. Was a damaging player. And, you know, like... But, yeah, but I think one guy who never got much mention of us too. I thought I reckon he did pretty well was Hutchings, and I'm uh, he did a he had Zorko. I know Zorko did a bit, and you know when he stopped when he stopped flopping during the game. But I think at least Hutchings actually put his body in that in the game. But he's not yeah. the damaging player who can. He's not your Yo's and he's not your Shoeys and that. He because he doesn't get high numbers, no one notices no, him. He, but he was there to do a job. He put the body in, and he's trying to get it out, but he wasn't getting any help. And I, I just thought him and Sheed were the only two who were really trying to get that ball out. Venables disappointed me. He should have really... He's one guy I expected to really lift this year, but he's just... I uh, Don't even go there with me. You know, <laughs> Jake Waterman. Jake Waterman <laughs> should have stepped up. He had, he's had 12 months in, yeah. 14 months in the system, um, playing in that forward line. Again, he's bulked up, and I thought, geez, he's going to go well this year, but... Yeah, he's he's just again proved like last was year. He, he's not quite ready for that dominant not to be that key but forward. But was he a victim of the delivery into the forward line? No. Possibly. Nah. You Possibly. talked about the marks up forward. He sprayed one. He tried to chip pass instead of taking a goal when he was forty meters out. Yes. Turned it over rebound goal. See, I'm a massive Eagles fan, and I always feel dirty when I'm saying it. But we've got to ha- have an unbiased view here. Yeah. He had a horrid game. He might have been a thereabouts more than say Brander but Brander to me was a lot cleaner took a lot better marks um, Waterman hurt us I felt Colin Waterman had made such bad football decisions it actually cost us goals and it happened several times between the two it really did yep yeah. oh well hopefully it's a one off game mm. hopefully we yeah. You know, turn it around this week, but we'll talk more about that in the bounce sound segment. Um, let's get on to the next segment. It's the Eagle Nation Injury Report. All right, we're just going to go into the injury report, guys. There's something new that we're going to do. We did it last year, but we're going to go into it in a bit more depth. Um, we'll try and give you this up to date each week um, before we go on to the next game. Let's go away from Jared Cameron. He's still out for two weeks with a foot. Um, he must have done that in the uh, JLT last game or something because yep. you never heard too much of about it. Uh, Jamie Cripps, he's probably the one that I just can't understand. Two weeks ago he was eight weeks and now he's a chance of playing this week or quite possibly round three. Yeah, well, there is a slim chance of playing this week. Yeah, well, see, I just, just don't understand that. Mm. Um, how can it be eight weeks one week and then all of a sudden uh, Andrew Gaff, well, he's not reported, yeah. but... He's suspended to round three, so when he comes in, that's a whole new show probably on Andrew Gaff. Kennedy's coming back in this week, guys, so they've already confirmed that, so that's a plus. It's a bit of a positive. 
Nick Nat Nui, we know it's around 8 to 10 for Nick, yeah. but the club will probably be around 14. Brody Ryach is a young basketballer that come in, so he's probably not really in the mix anyway, but he's still he, out with a wrist. I thought he played Waffle last week. Did he? I'm pretty sure he Well, did. if he did, see, this is where these injury yep. reports still, unless he's redone it again. Will Schofield is a test, but he won't play because he, he got a cork. Um, he has had no match fitness, so I'd be very surprised if they brought him in, but they could bring him in for Cole. No, no I'd say I don't think so. Run in the seconds. There won't yep. be. There won't. We'll get on that touch later. There won't be too many changes this week. Well, the big one is Willie Rioli. Yeah. Now, fantastic preseason. Was on fire in the AFLX. Was on fire. Now he's got a foot. Now they've set a scan. I heard a rumour one to four weeks from somebody that was down at the club. Hmm. But that was sort of like quieting down a little bit. Now Vozzo's coming out saying they're waiting on another scan now. What, what, what are they saying to us? They didn't find a stress fracture. So what's going on? Yeah, I'm, I'm just... Uh, you know, it's indefinite, so... Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's not like this injury that, that ruined Stuart Egan's career at Geelong. That's, yeah. I'm hoping it's not a navicular. Yeah, and because they, they are nagging injuries, and they can, as we know, can take so long. You know, Jesse Hogan's taken him what eighteen months to get over his twelve eighteen months nearly. So you know, and, and, and he is Stuart a Egan bigger loss ruined his anyone. career. We're lacking really. Rioli magic, aren't we? And we're, he's a bigger loss. Well, he, well, he runs through the middle and through the forward line. He gives you that. That they really, stand you taller. Have. I was I've been watching some of the games the last year. They stand tall when Rioli's playing. It's amazing the little things he does, and they get around him when he does. It's just it's, uh, we need that spark back in the team. So my question to you is: We're going to take a little bit of a an uneducated guess when he's going to be back, Dan. Round four, and even that kills me. Um, as I said, we lack Rioli magic. His pressure in that forward line creates goals. Like we all remember the first goal Eagles kicked in the grand final. Well, it wasn't a fluke; it was a pressure goal by Rioli. But it was a lucky goal because it was just pressure, 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 and he got the ball over the line. We miss that. When yeah. that ball, we touched on the prison, when the ball went in, it came out too easy. If Rioli was there, I think that wouldn't be happening. Yeah. When do you reckon? Uh, I, 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 I can see it round four as well if it's going to be. Because I, 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 well, they say he's not playing this week. This hurts I, me I, to say. I can't see him taken into Melbourne. I reckon it's going to be in. I reckon. I'd be surprised if we saw him back before round eight. Just if you're going on the likes of Cripps and Kennedy with their foot and the time they've missed, I don't know. I'm probably just trying to... Worst case yeah. scenario. Yeah. But, it again... It worries me that they don't tell us what it is. That's it. They just don't that's, tell us. That's what worries me. They it's never not the fact that. he's injured. The fact, oh, we don't know. You know what it is. Yeah, they, they go, oh, we're just waiting on another scan. Well, tell us what the scan's about, yeah. you know? Um, tell the fans we're the ones that pay their memberships we're the ones that go to the games we want to know and this is one of my criticisms against Eagles every year That's when bad, there's yeah. an injury they just sugarcoat it or push it under the carpet and we find out eventually anyway so be up front I've been saying this for about what since I've been on these sites for two and a half three years it's biggest thing they never tell you the real what's going on and we're the ones paying all the fees and the memberships and people say oh no yeah but you know we don't want to let the opposition know but the opposition know what's going on they've all got scouts here a mate of mine just he lives two streets from me he's a scout for Collingwood they, know, they all know what's going on so, yeah of course so. they do 
All right, guys, well, we hopefully will bring that to you every week and we'll be a little bit more in depth and we'll try and get our ears on the ground and try and find out a bit more news that the Eagles aren't telling us. It's bounced down. Now oh, we're back for 2019 and the bounce down segment is the Eagles versus the Giants on... Uh, this Saturday at Opera Stadium at 5.10pm bounce down and oh, it's going to be a great game because we're going to get to see one of our mates, uh, the great Benji Mill comes over from Melbourne so mm. we're going to catch up beforehand and have a few little drinks but uh, let's get into the game eh? Uh, well where do we go? Giants beat the Bombers convincingly by 72 points, our little mate Coniglio, how do you say that? Coniglio. Coniglio. Yeah. Uh, 31 disposals, three goals. Taranto, 30 possessions and two goals. Whitfield, 30. Hopper, 28. Cameron, four goals. And they Kelly's coming back this week, apparently. Yeah, they, 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 they were so... I watched that game. They were super impressive. But were they Essendon, impressive? Essendon were, were very Essendon poor. Bad? Were, Essendon were poorer than us. It was surprising because <laughs> Essendon had more inside 50s than Giants and still got smashed. Yeah, but they had... Their forwards, they got inside, but their forwards were doing nothing. And they, uh, GWS hunted in packs and just dominated. Coniglio was, oh, if he doesn't get three Brownlow votes, he was great. He was in my Super 7s team this week. And I'm on the 70, 145 points. So he's, he's super player. He's a really stepped up. And yeah, they're, they're good all over the ground. They're going to be interesting to see how they go. But yeah, they've, uh, I think, uh, I know Mumford's still out, but. That, again, they've got some big players out, big name players well, out as well. Let's go over the players that are out. Callan Ward, he's out for another four weeks. Patton, well, we know he's out for a half a season because of a knee. Mumford, it's good that he's not playing. Might give our rucks a little bit of a chance to get some respect back. Uh, Langdon, four weeks. Nick Haynes is a test. Aiden, Aiden Core's a test. And Jai Cadwell's a test. See, for me, Kelly coming back, that's a big worry because he's such a talented player. With him and Coniglio running around there with their youth, they come in because the thing with GWS, they lose a lot of players, but they're such high-quality players, they get great draft picks back for them, so they replace them with more talented young yeah. players. Mm. So it's a worry game. And the Lions game, we played so bad, you could chalk that up to that's not our game style, move on, new week. But this is where it can bite you in the butt. You don't want to go two and zip to start your season. Mm. And this is not an easy game. In fact, out of all the teams I saw on the weekend, I think GWS was impressive. I agree that Essendon were very disappointing. I found that if they lost a contested possession in a clearance, they just didn't chase. No. They let GWS run away with it and they didn't chase. And great players on their list, like Merritt, were culprits of this. We don't like to see, but they were still very good. It's a game that we need to win. And there's a few milestones this week. Hearn, 250th game. He's 101st as captain. Marston, he's 200th. And JK, he's 200th for the club. Now, it's interesting that Carlton come out and said they got it wrong today. <laughs> yes. Anyone read that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's but judge we've right. known that for a long time. Though. Tell us the bleeding obvious. Um, and we unveil the flag, so it's got to give everyone a lift for the Eagles. Has to, and, uh, and look, I said I said earlier in the show, right at the start there, <clears throat> I'm big on the first ten games of the season. To me, they're the most important games of the year. 
because of the what that sets you up for later in the year when you can have a, a little bit of a hiccup. And yeah, realistically, and this to me, be, I'm, I'm always the one, I'm trying to be the realistic realistic one. We could be zero and four after four games. We got four. You know, the Dockers proved on the weekend they're not going to be any... Um, Our first six games yeah, are hard. Yeah, tough. But next week we've got Collingwood away, at, uh, Battle of the Grand Final again, so that's going to be tough. You know, we've got to win this game to get ourselves back on yeah. a run. Good form brings good football. Bad form is bad football. And we were bad football last week and we don't want that bad form. Well, Sissimo has said he likes to qualify for the finals as quick as possible. Exactly. And you're just saying we could be zero and four, we could be zero and six because our first six, seven games are hard. We've got poor Adelaide, we've got Geelong away. Mm. Um, but if we get this win this weekend, it's going to give us a confidence. And I think everything will roll on from there. I'm not trying to be too confident here, but I just, we played them the last two times and we, we beat them 11 points last year in round 16 at Optus. And we beat them by 25 at the Shea Grounds in round eight. I, I just think we're getting them at the right time. They haven't got the Ruckman, they haven't got Cullen Ward. Um, I think the Eagles are going to step up because I don't see a repeat performance of what we did against Brisbane. No, we, yeah, we need, we need to, if we, if we haven't got the experienced players, we need the young guys to step up. They've got to step up. And Simo hit the nail on the head, like we said last year, and I said at that grand final show, it's about the system. And players coming in uh, when we had bad, good players out, guys were coming in to fill in the system. This first game, we had guys come in. Other than first quarter, they did not fill in the system. They went yeah. to sleep. And there's no excuses now. We are, we're a premiership team. And yeah, whether you've got young guys or you've got older guys, we've got to perform. Sometimes a bad loss can be the kick up the arse you need. And mm. let's hope we go down that track, you know what I mean? Yeah. That it was a wake-up call. It shows no games are given, and we wake up and play the Eagles style of football. Yeah. All right. This is the hard one. What's the tip? Eagles by 17. Yeah, I'll go with Eagles by seven. Seven? I'm going to go Eagles by 34 points. Oh, let's hope so. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't know why, but I can see it happen. And then you'll see all the doom and gloom go out the window. The rose-coloured glass society will ease off and not have a go at people for being too passionate. Mm. Sorry, they had to have to have a dig there. <laughs> so, look, guys, um, we only can cross our fingers and hopefully we put up a better performance. Um, if you're not going to the game, watch it on TV. Um, let's hope we get in there with a win. Um, I don't know more what else to say, guys. Mm. If we don't win, what are we going to do? Uh, we've got to go on to next week. As simple as that. We don't win. We've just got to keep moving forward. As simple as that. You know, Collingwood lost their first four games last year and they played in the grand final. So, you know, we've been we've been down this track before. You know, North Melbourne about four or five seasons ago won their first nine and never made the eight. So That's it. You know, anything can happen. Anything like you can said, happen. it's 23 rounds of football and anything yeah. can happen as long as you're there at the right end of the season and uh, you've That's got all it. your fit players. And let's hope Rioli's back quicker than what we think it will be. That's it. Let's hope so. All right, guys, thanks for joining us again tonight. Uh, We're on Podcast Central. We're on the Eagle Nation podcast. Uh, Download us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and the rest. And catch us next week. See you, guys.